to PA Centered, a podcast designed to help listeners be a part of the solution to end sexual harassment, abuse, and assault. Each episode, we will take on a topic or current event to help spark conversation and break down barriers to building communities free from sexual violence. I'm Jackie Strom, the Prevention and Resource Coordinator at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. I'll be your host today as we're joined by Rovana Richardson to learn about the work she is doing in Ghana with young women involved in Tricosi slavery. Welcome, Rovana. Welcome. Thank you for allowing me to be here. We're so excited um, to have you here and to hear about the work that you're doing. And so our podcast listeners are often used to hearing a brief bio of our guests, But one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the podcast is so folks who are currently doing sexual assault advocacy work can understand another path they might take in life. So before we dive into explaining Tricosi and what you've been up to in Ghana, can you share with us a bit about you, the work you've done, and how it's evolved over time? I sure can. Thank you so much, and uh, good question there. Uh, For me... uh, Having been a licensed social worker for some time, uh, it, it, it was never clear of the particular path of young people that I wanted to work with or families, but I just knew that that was my, my niche. And, uh, and the work that I do with adults have always centered around family and and young people. So I have had uh, experience in various backgrounds of social work, mostly dealing with the adolescent and college population, having um, been a director of counseling and testing the college population, as well as working in a partial hospitalization and inpatient units. It was just a a place for me that felt uh, comfortable with, even though the experiences that were happening with the people that I was working with were often unpleasant. So knowing a little bit about the work that you're doing right now, um, I know that I had never heard of Tricosi before, and I'm guessing that many of our listeners might also be unfamiliar. So could you explain what Tricosi is and who it impacts? Very good, yes. And so to, to even kind of double to how uh, my work as a counseling and social worker has evolved over time and how I I began to work with this population, uh, the specialized population in Ghana, West Africa. It was through my experience of doing uh, mission work. Sometimes people will volunteer. Uh, Sometimes people might go on a short-term mission trip with their church or a medical team. And for me, it was with my uh, church that I did short-term missions in Jamaica uh, and for three different times. And so I got an opportunity to go to the Lot Carey Foreign Mission Convention in 2012, I believe it was and realized that I could work with persons that had been trafficked, that had 
um, abuse issues, um, gang violence and family dysfunction in Cape Town, South Africa. And so I visited there for a couple of weeks and just to observe, yet when I got there, they announced to me, oh yeah, our social worker left. And so can you help out? <laughs> so it was kind of a baptism by fire for that, baptism by fire for a couple of weeks. But what it did for me is it gave me this desire to come back and do social work on an international level. And after that two weeks, I returned to my work uh, uh, in the US and uh, unfortunately due to downsizing, we will experience mental health sometimes will be downsized within organizations. It's always a tragedy and as much as it's been in the news a lot lately, as horrible as that is, uh, I'm glad because it's shining a spotlight on how mental health is the glue to uh, well-being. And so I got downsized and I actually was kind of happy. I was like, yeah, go back to South Africa. And so I worked in South Africa um, for six months was strictly volunteer, but I was exposed to how culture uh, can impact to how women are depicted, treated, and seen, and the various levels of family dysfunction and, and gang violence that was some similarities, but a lot of differences when we think of those problems here uh, in the US. So during that six months, I realized that this is what I'm wanting to do. This is, this is uh, in this field, we would call calling. This is what I'm called to do is international social work missions. And have it, so in that evolution, uh, evolution, it came to me submitting application with an organization uh, uh, with their primary office in Pennsylvania called International Ministries to do social work abroad. And I got a chance to look at different organizations, what their mission was and what was going to be a good fit for me. And I had said in South Africa, I wanted to work in West Africa, but there were other organizations that said, yeah, we need a social worker. Um, uh, Zambia and Mexico and Hungary and all these, you know, a couple other places. And it was like uh, the man upstairs was saying, now you said you want to work in West Africa. Why are you looking at Budapest? And, and so that's how I ended up in Ghana, West Africa, working with the population that I work with now. And as you um, mentioned, Ms. Strom, it is called Trocosi. And, uh, and, and for those people who are listening, they may be like, what? I've never even heard of that before. And I would not be surprised because most of the people that I talk to have never heard of the word Trocosi, spelled T-R-O-K-O-S-I. 
which is a traditional practice in Benin, Togo, and Ghana, West Africa, that has been around for ages, except the Ghana government outlawed it in 1998. And it is still being practiced because it fits those elements of human trafficking, the force and the coercion element means that Tricosi is human trafficking when you are telling a girl that is seven years old or possibly younger and their family that if you do not turn your daughter over to the shrine or shrine priest, which in the US we would relate the shrine priest as a witch doctor, that if you do not turn over a virgin girl to the ownership of a shrine priest, your family will be cursed or the deaths that you're experiencing will continue or the wrong that someone else in your family has done and the gods are displeased that it will continue to happen unless you turn over a virgin girl to the shrine. So there's many travesties and atrocities in the world, but really what stands out most and what drew me to Ghana about this as a practicing social worker and counselor is that these girls never did anything wrong. They are completely innocent not young enough to make their own decisions. And at times I've received in counseling sessions with these girls that their family member may have given some resistance to turning them over to the shrine priest, but then extended family members would pressure and say, well, if you don't do this, we're still going to have these problems. So this curse is still going to be looming over the family. So there's that coercion there. So there you have it. It's human trafficking with this element of spirits, or I'm hesitant to say spiritual, really. Um, and these girls are enslaved for the rest of their lives, away from their families, away from the persons that love them, away from life as they've known it. And you said that it could be a child as young as seven. Does it start younger than that? Yes, it does. And I have counseled since I've been living in Ghana, West Africa, since 2016. I have counseled over 115 girls. Not all of them are victims of trochosi, but all of them are from disadvantaged or impoverished backgrounds. And of those girls that I have counseled that have been in the trochosi shrines, they have varied in ages. Some were born in the shrine and maybe ran away 
and others were turned over as young as nine months old or even one years old and then no longer um, most often allowed to have contact with their family members and so they become the property of the shrine and the shrine priest and and i and i guess mr Rome, i should maybe answer for the audience what's the shrine so the shrine if you just imagine what may look like a compound house or um, a structure at the edge of a village where all of uh, various villages where these Trocosi and Trocosi, by the way, is a term or the name from the tribe Ave. And the middle letter between the two E's is actually not a U, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a character in the American English alphabet. So we will substitute it with a W and say A-way. So Trocosi in A-way or Ave means wife of the gods. So these girls really are quote unquote already married when they're turned over to the shrine priest at this building that's in the edge of the of various villages. But when it was outlawed, it made the situation more covert than over where these girls were then pushed into the communities or various houses. But when the shrine priest calls, they have to come back. And they, are not allowed to speak. They are not allowed clothing, schooling, any type of education. The amount of human rights abuses are as long as my arm. But if you have a sister or a niece, and for me, I'm the youngest of three and I have three older brothers and these uh, these crimes that may be petty are are done by men. So if the shrine priest says, well, your brother did X, Y, and Z or stole something from the market and the gods are displeased, they may have had to turn me over if my brothers had done something wrong. So being the only female, it would have been me. Uh, or or within the family, if you've got a cousin or a niece and the shrine priest says that the gods are displeased or you had a great grandmother that did X, Y, and Z, then you've got to turn over your niece. And, and, and the age has, is not, there's it's, there's no dis discriminatory it's not it's it's basically if she's a virgin she's got to go and hmm, i've also yet to counsel girls that have come out of the shrines and still been as they've gone in i'll put it like that and that's a tragedy as as well um, the force impregnation, the rape, the beatings, the um, farmed out, quote unquote, to uh, 
another man or a shrine priest friend or whatever for income or bartering is is nothing less than sex trafficking and human trafficking no matter if you put a spiritual twist to it or whatever at the end of the day there's a commonality that says let people have the right to live with dignity and care and i would argue to allow a child to be a child there should not be 10, 11, and 12-year-olds given birth by grown men for the purpose of a traditional belief. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I guess before we talk about the kind of support that you provide, you mentioned that this has been outlawed but it sounds like there's not any kind of enforcement of that law. Yes, you're correct. It's not being enforced. And when I got on the ground in 2016, meaning when I first went to work with the Ghana Baptist Convention uh, in, in there and work with the girls that are released from the shrines, like if there's a negotiation for them to be released. And, and then they're placed at the Baptist Vocational Training Center to learn a trade that I, that was an immediate question to me. Why is this still happening? And it's great that we are providing these young ladies opportunities because by the time they get to the Baptist Vocational Training Center or to me for a counselor, the youngest that I've counseled is 15 years old, which means they could have been in the shrine for the last 15 years. So I immediately reached out to a lawyer, a Ghanaian lawyer in Ghana to ask that very same question. And since then, I've reached out to two more lawyers, one American and another Ghanaian. And particularly with the Ghanaian lawyers, the answer is pretty consistent, is that this is a belief that is ingrained with fear. That if you do something about it, that you will be cursed. And here stateside, we refer to that as voodoo or juju. And so both lawyers have essentially said to me, um, if, if you were a police officer, would you go in and arrest these shrine priests that were found guilty in 1998 and required to serve a three-year mandatory sentence if you thought that you might die or that your family member may be cursed or that you are related somehow to this shrine priest or from the same tribe? And then the answer is no. And so it's steeped in fear and a lack of education 
to know the trauma that these girls are experiencing on the other side by the time they get to me and how I'm attempting to help them put the pieces of their lives back together. And then there's still being so many, quite possibly within these three countries, still within the shrines and being victimized and traumatized. Thanks for explaining that. I, I think it helps people to better understand how this is so embedded in the culture and that fear is, is real for people. So can you tell us a little bit about how you go about providing support for some of the girls who might've been rescued, released, or escaped and what that typically looks like? And in my effort as a social worker and counselor, I, I felt a need to get additional training myself to better understand the culture so that I could better understand the problem through their eyes and ask the proper questions through their eyes. So I actually took about seven additional court, uh, courses to get an executive certificate through the Trinity Theological Seminary and the College of Counseling and Psychology to become licensed in Ghana uh, as a licensed professional counselor in Ghana. And that education really was in the classroom as well because I was the only American out of 28 people and everyone else were, were adult Ghanaians. And it, it began to send off light bulbs in my, in my mind like, oh, okay, that's why this happened or that's why the girls that have been forcibly impregnated or raped do not, most of them do not have their children because in the AVA try, quote unquote, ownership is to the father. So many of them were not able to take their children with them even when they were rescued out of, out of the, the shrine. And so in providing support and services, I was better equipped now being educated in Ghana of asking the girls what they needed to have support, what support looked like for them. Now, naturally, often in nonprofits, we'll think money. <laughs> you know, if we have some money, we can do this. If we have some money, we could do that. Um, but the more the girls got exposed to me as a social worker and became more empowered they began to ask more for training and access to jobs versus a dependency relationship. They wanted to have internships. So the Baptist Vocational Training Center provides education through teaching the girls 
dressmaking, catering, and cosmetology. However, unfortunately, the girls that are former Tricosi have never been educated, only a very few, but 98% have never seen the inside of a classroom. So now they're at this vocational school and can't read and write. And the part-time English teacher works with the girls that can only read and write. And then the math teacher only works with the girls that can read and write and do math. So you, that support teaches them how to have a craft, but there was more needed. And so that's where in 2017, I wrote a proposal and in 2019, when I moved from the village of Drop-On to Accra, I developed uh, the aftercare program that supports these young ladies post-graduation. And at one point, even in partnership with USAID, had the AVA to English program and taught three teachers at the Baptist Vocational Training Center so that they could be a support to the English teacher and then train four other volunteers in Accra that could support the aftercare program so that we could really get at this issue of, of literacy. Uh, we had more success in the aftercare program. I'm hopeful that at the training center, they will still implement that piece so that it, it puts that aspect of the aftercare program out of business. If the girls are graduating and can read and write, then there's no sense in us needing to follow up in the aftercare program. And uh, so the support that I'm able to provide through volunteers and even interns from the University of Ghana, Legon, is, uh, is support groups, individual counseling, life skills, and vocational development. And then partnering with organizations such as Sirocco Coding Academy and Kokora Fashions that were willing to take a girl for an internship or train our girls in coding and programming in exchange for us counseling, you know, their, their girls. So these partnerships, we're able to provide support for each other within the country. That's awesome. It sounds like you have really like further developed the program to really meet the needs of the girls as we've gotten to know them and more about what their lives have been like. We're, 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 we're trying. And uh, if anything that is currently needed is the need for human resources, because, you know, everyone might like seeing the one man show, but the one man show knows how difficult that 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 band is of them trying to play all the instruments. So the volunteers, some that I've had uh, along the journey for a couple of years now, one intern that I've had from the University of Ghana has been with me since 2018. 
And uh, she's now working on her PhD and now also licensed through the Ghana Psychology Council. So it is a, an organization, a program, a ministry that is working to not only empower these former Tricosi, but disadvantaged girls, as well as the community. Because if you're able to empower the next generation of social workers, uh, the, the generation of young people to look for solutions within their own country, then you are bringing up a nation that's looking to be sustainable on their own legs. So my final question is just what's next for you and your work? And if folks wanted to get involved or support the work that you're doing, what's the best way for them to get involved? Very good. So I am stateside right now uh, as a part of my finishing my current obligation and then returning to Ghana, West Africa to expand this program because there's so much to be done. And the past five years, I feel like I've just scratched at the surface and, and living in the village of Dropong for three years and really living within the community and then now living in the city of Accra has shown what the need is in the city and what the need is in, in the village as it relates to disadvantaged young people uh, and these girls when they're in school, in the shrines and, and graduate. So what's next for me is to return to Ghana and return to Ghana in developing my own nonprofit that has the sole purpose of liberating these girls from the spiritual, emotional, and mental chains that have held onto them for so long. And what that looks like is increased advocacy. You know, as we talked about, you know, Ms. Strom at the early part of the show is, you know, why is it still happening? What's, 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 what's going on and, and what can be done? And what I'm seeing is a need for uh, quite possibly those same lawyers that I've talked to, to have more of an active role in developing trocosi rights so that even the girls that are rescued from the trocosi shrines do not have to forcibly tell their story if for any reason without you know a, a counselor licensed counselor or social worker available uh and that they are not even mistreated post being out of the shrine uh because of various practice uh, you know physical discipline or caning is still a common practice in this culture and it's a different level of intake when you are spanking a girl that has been traumatized or the proper turn is caning, you know, with a stick versus someone that has never experienced trauma or has never been, you know, raped at a childhood, you know, age. 
versus someone that I mean that is is healthy and you spank on the leg or you know or hit on the hand or whatever with the stick. So these girls are needing an advocate and needing an organization that is about the advocacy post getting out of the shrines and getting at the roots of why this has been on the books in 1998 and the Ghana government has not enforced it. So me returning to Ghana in January is really about hearing what the girls have shared with me. Ms. Ravana, this is still happening. Ms. Ravana, I've had to tell my story and I didn't want to, or I was caned. And so that advocacy means education of what does trauma look like and why is that element of discipline that's common in the culture cannot be used on these girls. And then the uh, second aspect as, I, as I've shared within the aftercare program is workshops, seminars, support group, and life skills group, and vocational development, not only for former Tricosi, but girls that are from disadvantaged backgrounds within Ghana that are plugged in to other organizations, but are still needing counseling for them to have more of a holistic wellness. That's what I'm really excited to be about. I'm glad that I've had the experience through international ministries and Ghana Baptist Convention for the past five years. I am, I am hoping that now folks have been exposed and know that this, these atrocities are occurring, that they'll continue to walk on this journey with me and uh, can get in touch with me um, through my website, uh, which is essentially my first name and my, my, my last name. So it's RovanaRichardson.com and that's R-O-V as in victory, A-U-G-H-N-A, Richardson.com. And come uh, January, 2022, you'll be able to click on there to get more information on how to support these girls directly on the ground in Ghana. Uh, once that I return from the U.S. and back to Ghana. That all sounds wonderful. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're very busy while you're stateside, so we really appreciate you being able to share the about the incredible work that you're doing um, for our listeners and wish you the best in this next adventure of really supporting these girls and trying to advocate for them. Very good. Thank you so much. I'm really appreciative that your organization took the time to want to educate uh, the listeners as well as other social workers on the opportunities uh, even abroad and how uh, we're able to spread our wings and other avenues and victims' rights and what, you know, what can be done and what still needs to be done. Ultimately, I would like this practice of uh, these, uh, the abuse that these girls experience, that the abuse does not occur because 
people are now educated and saying, no more should this happen to our children. And it very well could have been your daughter, your cousin, or your niece. And I will add, unfortunately, if a girl does die, or if a girl does run away from the shrine, she has to be replaced by another virgin girl. So this just continues and continues and continues. And um, my hope is that people will link arms with me so that it finally stops. Absolutely. We will be rooting for you, supporting you, and are looking forward to see what's next in 2022. Very good. Thank you so much again for having me. Yeah. So that's all the time we have today. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of PA Centered. You can learn more about Ravana and her work by visiting ravanarichardson.com. Thank you.